Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. This past week, I went to Buffalo, New York. Anyone? Any Buffalonians? Uh, So, any Buffaloes? Nope. So um, there are also no buffaloes in Buffalo, New York. I found this out. Um, So uh, I was speaking at the Chautauqua Institute, which is kind of like um, a utopian society meets NPR if it was a summer camp for people who have retired. Like, it's like really cool. Um, It it was the United Methodist Sunday School training ground, and then it just kind of evolved and it grew this thing. There's a conservatory on site. They shut down all the streets, and so it's like only pedestrians, and it's like there's like different halls where you can hear different talks, and so I heard a a person who does like security, and I heard a person who does uh, astrophysics, and I heard uh, a different uh, sick uh, person of the sick religion talk, and then uh, they invited me to speak on the theme of belief. The theme of belief. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> so um, I just want to share some of the remarks, um, both because um, I, I, sometimes we get so in the weeds of the day-to-day at New City Church that um, it's sometimes nice to be able to pull back and say, like, these are the observations that I'm seeing in the community more broadly. So I wanted to share that. But also to name that, um, like, you all are the people I am accountable to. So I want to, I always try to share what I'm sharing out there with this community and vice versa so that like I'm not kind of spiraling out or creating stories that don't actually exist on the ground. And so like that's really important to me. And so um, so today I want to talk about the belief under the belief. The belief under the belief. Um, so we're going to start off with the community poll. And uh, I'm just going to say like don't overthink this, okay? So uh, get your pointer finger ready. I'm going to ask you to point to a corner of the room. This corner of the room is is if you grew up in a church and had a positive experience. This, uh, or I should say, these two corners are if you had a positive, nope. This, uh, sorry. So this corner of the room is if you grew up in the church, had a positive experience. This corner is if you grew up in the church and had an overall negative experience. This uh, corner is if you grew up outside of a faith community and uh, had a positive experience of that. And this side is if you did not grow up in a faith community and you had a negative experience of that, or you kind of wish that was different. So church, non-church, positive, negative. I know that you're scrolling through like a lot of memories right now, so don't overthink it. We're just gonna all vote on three. Ready? One, two, three. Aha! Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay. Uh, thank you. So, um, and it, of course, if you're joining us on our live stream, that's really interesting to me, actually. If you're joining us on our live stream, then uh, feel free to put it in the chat. Um, but also, if that feels vulnerable, then just put whatever you want to put in the chat. Um, so, I think that one demographic that had a very central influence on New City Church. I would argue the largest demographic, certainly when we were planting, certainly pre-pandemic, um, and I think most of the time, but this, uh, now this survey is making me uh, second guess that, but also it's like 
this is like the Sunday after an event when like the faithful are here. I don't know. So I'm, 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 I'm evaluating a lot of things right now. But um, one key demographic to New City that has always been a key demographic to New City has been the folks who appointed to the corner who had gone to church but had some pretty negative experiences. The people who were like, um, I experienced church and something happened there that was positive, but it was accompanied by homophobia, misogyny, trauma, uh, something else, just church drama, toxicity in, in general. And that tainted the experience, polluted the experience of church. And uh, one of the themes that has certainly been part of New City Church is folks who have grown up in uh, self-described like conservative Christian backgrounds. And so that might be conservative evangelical, but also fundamentalist, uh, conservative Catholic, like there are folks coming from a couple different angles. Of, but the theme that I hear from conservative folks is like, there is something, that I felt something that I can't unfeel in church. I felt the power of God in church. I encountered the Holy Spirit in a way that was like, whoa, I am changing my worldview because like God is real and I'm encountering a God who is real. And not only is God real, but like powerful and loving and good. Like these folks, a lot of times the folks who grew up in uh, conservative backgrounds have some more memories of powerful visceral experiences, honestly, than people who grew up in some progressive mainline backgrounds. And of this sense of like, God wants a relationship with us, and that is there, and, and there are memories that support that. But there's also, from those same folks, I'm hearing some things of like, I simply cannot be complicit in violence anymore, the violence of homophobia, the violence of transphobia. I simply cannot hide myself anymore. Like, I need to be able to express myself. I, I simply cannot, like, bow down to, like, this bully, straight guy pastor anymore. Like, there's, there's, I've just heard these narratives of, like, like, God is real. There's something powerful there. But the container in which I experience that is something with which I cannot abide. And so they come to New City Church. <laughs> That's kind of the, the thing. And, and uh, you know, as a pastor, I'm always trying to think about faith formation. I'm always trying to think about what healing looks like for my community. And actually, I kind of have different plans for each of these corners of the room, by the way. If you're ever interested in the shop talk of being a pastor, we can talk about it. But something that is really important to me for the folks who grew up in church and had a negative experience in church is healing the belief under the belief. Healing the belief under the belief. Because what a lot of folks in our community who grew up in conservative backgrounds have told me is that, um, you know, I would feel something in my body and then I would be told that the thing that I was feeling was suspicious, dangerous, or not to be trusted. So it's like, oh, I thought I was attracted to the same gender of people. No, I'm not. Like, you know, like, tamp that down. Don't let that come up. Oh, you're a woman in church and you want to take up space? No, you don't. You know, like, oh, you want to sleep in on a Sunday? No, you don't. Like, and so slowly, slowly, over the course of these years, there's been a, you know, a, a belief that's like Jesus is Lord or God is real or God is love. But the belief under the belief is I can't trust my body because there's like all of these things that I'm feeling, experiencing, desiring, and intuiting 
that I'm told again and again cannot be trusted. And so like that disconnect, that rupture, the embattlement between uh, uh, what the body is experiencing and desiring and then like what the faith uh, is told, like that battle is the belief under the belief that is like one of the main learning goals that I have for that subgroup is like, how can we heal the relationship between the body and the belief? How can we heal the relationship between like what you want to do, your desire, your intuition, your um, uh, the desire for comfort? Like what do you even do with all of that in addition to trying to pursue the kingdom of God and trying to like uh, befriend that instead of embattle that? So there are two ways that I've uh, mainly tried to approach this with uh, this group, and let me know if you can think of any other ways that would be helpful. Um, the first one is therapy, uh, because... <laughs> so um, the point... The, so, like, there's some work... There's some work that, like... I can I am not, uh, it, it would be inappropriate for me to work one-on-one -on -one with certain folks on certain topics because I'm trained as a pastor and not a therapist. And even if I was trained as a therapist, like I have a relationship with you as a community member and that makes therapy kind of complicated. So like there is some things that like, is uh, out of my wheelhouse, and it's also out of the wheelhouse of your fellow community members. Like, you know, I'm asking you all the time to support each other, and part of the reason why people are um, nervous about supporting each other is they're like, well, that means that I kind of have to be a therapist. But it's like, no, 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 you're not supposed to be a therapist unless you literally are a therapist. You're not supposed to be a therapist. Uh, and even if you are a therapist, you're not supposed to be a therapist to your church mates. You're supposed to just be, like, part of the family of God. You're supposed to be, like meaningful supports for each other. You're supposed to like pray with each other and care about each other, but you're not doing like deep embodied trauma work, working through, like that, that's, um, some of those things strike so deep that it has to be done in a one-on-one -on -one setting with a professional. And uh, that doesn't, by the way, contradict the reality of the gospel. You know, sometimes people are like, um, well, I don't need therapy because I have Jesus. Or like, I don't need therapy because I have my church. And, and isn't Jesus supposed to be the source of all healing? And um, I just kind of feel like, um, what is a metaphor? That's kind of like saying, well, I don't need to, <laughs> that's kind of like saying, um, I don't need to go to the dentist because I drank a glass of milk. Like, I don't know, I guess they're related, but it's also like so different of a thing. Like, you know, it's like the milk is like, like, your teeth wouldn't be possible without the milk. Like, you need the milk, and it, you, like, require it for your everyday life. And milk does help prevent, like, I guess some dental things. But also, like, milk is not going to scrape off the plaque. Uh, and, and some of y'all have, like, emotional plaque that, like, so you just kind of need to be scraped off. And none of us are the scrapers. And sometimes Jesus is, like, yeah, I'm the source of all healing. That's why I'm sending you to therapy. <laughs> you know, like, like, Jesus is like, surprise, I work through all modalities, you know? Uh, so, like, if, I don't know, like, sometimes churches have, um, 
groups of like, hey, um, like movement is really important to me, and so I want to have a church group to help me be more active in the world. And so, like, a church group is the group that can be like, yeah, we're going to support you as you're kind of following the call that God has called you to, maybe to be more active in this instance, in this metaphor. But like, if you were to break your leg, none of the church exercise group would be able to address what was going on. And actually, like, you could really hurt yourself and others more if you like went to the community yoga without. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's got, so I just think that everyone needs uh, everyone needs a therapist and everyone needs a pastor. And like I just think these are non mutually exclusive things. Uh, uh, so um, uh, yeah, so that's one, that's one way to engage this. And by the way, that is why um, we started the Incarnation Fund <laughs> because like. Um, uh, for those of you who are new to our community, like we um, did community listening, uh, both within our community and also in the neighborhood, and racialized trauma was a theme before George Floyd. Like racialized trauma was a theme in like 2017, 18, when we were starting this. And we're like, gosh, uh, uh, okay, so it's interesting that like the BIPOC folks in our community have a disproportionate amount of trauma, and yet, the free mental health clinics that are available in our community are almost all staffed by white people. So if someone, and a lot of uh, therapists of color are out of network. So if a person of color wanted to go on a healing journey with a therapist who looked like them and had a shared lived experience, they have to pay 10 times as much to be able to get the same service. And we're like, okay, well that isn't what God wants for our world. And so that's why we started the Incarnation Fund. Um, because like, you know, all, I should say, a lot of folks at New City Church have church hurt, and all of that is valid, but the church hurt, coupled with like marginalized identities of gender, sexual orientation, uh, uh, race, uh, documentation status, disability, just makes it harder and harder and harder, because suddenly it's like, you know, I love God, but I can't trust my body because my religious upbringing, and I'm not safe in the world because of my skin color, and I'm not safe in the world because of my gender, you know, like, th like these beliefs, need healing and like my goal for all of you as a pastor is for you to experience the healing love of god in each of the layers of your psyche and soul like my goal for you is is for uh god who created the whole cosmos who is like we heard in our scripture the god of all living things might enliven every part of your life so that you can be fully and abundantly uh, yourself and fully and abundantly whole. Um, so, so therapy is one of the key uh, strategies for that. And the second strategy is, um, and I know I've brought this up a couple times, I just wanna really drive this home, is uh, the power of welcoming prayer and, uh, and ritualistically uh, welcoming emotions instead of forcing them down. Because a lot of folks in our community grew up in um, systems where if they were showing an inappropriate emotion, the action would be to shut it down. Like, um, I hear this a lot still around anger. Like, oh, I'm feeling angry at them. And they're like, well, yeah, you actually aren't supposed to feel angry if you're Christian, so just like put a lid on it. Or I'm feeling... Uh, I, I, like, I want to have sex with someone. Like, well, <laughs> you're, no way, don't do that. And, and, you know, it's just like all of these emotions. I'm actually, um, 
I have fully accepted God into my life, but I still feel a lot of grief about the way that things turned out. Well, you're not supposed to feel grief because you're living in, you're a new person. Why are you feeling grief? You know, like there's a lot of ways that we kind of say which emotions are appropriate and which emotions are not appropriate. And that creates an embattled relationship between body and belief. And so the idea of welcoming prayer is to simply uh, welcome emotions which is to say, like, you are the, the host here. You have the power and authority. You can welcome emotions as they come in. They are your guest. And, uh, and then, you know, here comes anger. And it's like, hello, anger. What's going on today? And anger might be like, Brian didn't clear out the dishwasher like he said he would. It's like, oh, interesting. Thanks for being here, anger. Uh, anything else on your mind? Well, I have a sneaking suspicion that because Brian didn't clear out the dishwasher, that means he has a secret plan to make me miserable for the rest of my life. Um, oh, interesting. Okay, well, thanks for being here. And then, uh, so then, the power of the prayer is turning and saying, well, what do you think, God? And just kind of letting God fill in the gaps. Because the truth is, like, every emotion has some element of honesty to it. There, there's, there's a certain important truth to emotions. It's just that none of them carry all of the truth. And so we kind of have to count on God to be able to like fill in the gaps. And, and when we practice this again and again, there's a couple of things that we learn. One, that all of our emotions are trying to guide us back to the holy in, in their own way. Uh, every, everything that we feel is like in some way trying to identify something that is directing us back to God. But two, we learned that like whatever false notion that you had that you could do this all on your own like quickly evaporates <laughs> because we start to like realize like I really need community and I really need something greater than myself to be able to go about this work honestly. Like I actually need a power that is beyond me to like live my life and live in my body. Um, I took a, uh, so I don't own a car, so I took a lift here to church this morning. And the, um, there's several different types of lift rides that a, a pastor can have. So uh, one is like, so what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a pastor. And then the rest of the, <laughs> the drive is complete silence. Uh, the two uh, is like, uh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a pastor. And then like, it kind of becomes a 12-minute a therapy session where they're like, well, these are kind of the hard things that I'm facing. Like, what do you think about all this? And like, you know, I, I try to approach that in a boundaried way. Um, and then three, like I had this morning, was um, what do you do? I'm a pastor. Oh, I have thoughts on that. And, <laughs> and they're like, so what are you preaching on today? And I'm beliefs. And so we started talking about beliefs. And he, he was like, you know, I am not ready to accept the existence of something else or like that we need to go to church and like that but gosh I've done enough uh getting to know myself to realize that I need something beyond myself to be able to be healed like I'm gonna I'm gonna there's certain ways that I'm gonna keep hurting people unless something beyond me is like gonna heal some of the layers there and welcoming prayer shows us that and this is by the way an easy example of like why therapy and God are like not mutually exclusive because like therapy renders a certain type of one-on-one -on -one healing and God is like what makes all healing, all life possible. 
And eventually, my goal for you, my goal is that the belief under the belief, under every belief, is that you might relate to God the same way that Jerem God was telling Jeremiah in the text. Um, uh, you, you called out the word um, where God was saying, I want you to live securely in the world. I want you to, to know your spot. I want you to feel safe with me. I want you to feel safe in your community, and I want that safety to create love and abundance and connection and community and justice and healing that would not be possible without that. Like, that's my goal for you. And if, if you are new to New City Church, if you're new to worshiping, the reason why we sing those songs is it's kind of like we're intentionally trying to open up some of the layers to allow God's healing to slowly seep in. And, uh, and we're trying to do it in a way that's not manipulative. Like, you get to, you get to sing. You know, you get to be uh, the agent in this. So um, my goal for you is that your belief under the belief might eventually look a little bit more like what Jesus talked about it could be, that, that we could pursue a kingdom of God of justice and peace that centers marginalized voices while also experiencing something called the abundant life that's not materially abundant, but is spiritually abundant, and that through all of those things, you might be fully alive. Amen? Amen. Amen.